Yep. Yep. I'm back. <laughs> um, welcome to episode two of Deep Dive into the Criminal Code Act, Laws of the Federation 2004. Before I proceed, I'd like to say a very big thank you to my listeners, people who have who always consistently listen to me every Sunday. You guys are the real MVP. Now, if you are just joining me this Sunday, welcome. And I say a very big thank you. I want to do a brief shout out to my graphic designer. You know, he's one who has been helping represent the idea and, you know, I'm pushing out there. You guys will agree with me that my designs are superb and are lovely, you know. So, Joseph, who, Joseph is my graphic designer. Joseph, thank you. Um, I want to add this, that every person I've referred my graphic designer to has had one testimony or the other to say about the design he has created for them. So, keep up the good work, bro. You are doing well. <laughs> now, I want to do a brief shout-out to, to some of my friends uh, in diaspora, you know, it has been brought to my attention that I have listeners all the way from the United States of America and um, in the United Kingdom. I I want to say thank you for joining in today. Um, nice one. So I hope that this will be value for your time. In order not to waste your time, let's just go straight into um, today's subject. Now, I'm going to be moving straight to chapter 4 of the criminal code and I hope that uh, I'm able to cover a lot today. Now, um, one other thing I'll be doing today, or I will not be doing, I will not be reading out the sections. I've realized that the sections are taking too much of the time, so I'll just explain the section as best as I can. You know, the idea is that you get to understand that there's a law or there's a crime to this effect. Do you understand? So there's really no point reading it out. If you want to read it, go and download it. We have a soft copy of the Criminal Code Act. Go and download it. You can go to any library. You get it. It's there. You know, it's everywhere. It's around. If you want to buy it, you buy it. Criminal Code Act, Laws of the Federation. Is, let me let me give you the correct citation. It's called the Criminal Code Act, Cap C38, Laws of the Federation, 2004. Laws of the Federation, sometimes you see it as L, um, L, Laws of the Federation. Child. You know, so, section 17. Chapter 4 starts with section 17 and it talks about the three different kinds of punishments available. So, as long as this code, as far as this code is concerned, the punishment that a court can give for an offense in this code are limited or are death, death penalty, imprisonment, caning, fine, and forfeiture. You know, forfeiture has to do with forfeiture. Most times has to do with um, you know uh, offenses that are related to bribe, corruption, corruption, and thereabout. So if someone steals, if someone embezzles a particular amount of money, while the court um, convicts such person, the court may order that the person will forfeit the amount of money that he embezzled. You understand? But you know, the the penalties or the punishments available 
for offenses in this code are death, imprisonment, caning, fine, and forfeiture. Section 18 talks about caning for male persons under 17. Now, a, a person under the age of 17 is referred to as a young person. You understand? So, and in some instances, young persons, when convicted for offenses, usually the court is mindful of giving them punishments that can entirely wreck their life although it is largely dependent on the offense you know but if the offense is not one that is is too grievous the court may that's what section 18 says if the person is under the age of 18 the court may in substitution for the punishment of the offense he committed or in addition to the court may order that the young person such young person be caned so for instance if the person if the person committed a simple offense a simple offense we have said is an offense that is the punishment is between is less than six months the court may feel that uh, instead of sending this person to prison for six months i will order that this person be caned <laughs> you understand so that is that is available in the criminal code and don't forget it says that it, it may be in addition to or in substitution so the court may say instead of going to prison this person should be gained 30 strokes of gain 30 strokes of koboko whichever one is left to discretion of the court you know or the person may say that in addi- or the court may say that in addition to the offense of um, to the punishment of six months imprisonment as the case may be i'm not saying that it's certain but i'm just using it as an example you get so it, the court may say that that in addition to the imprisonment such a young person may, may be caned 50 strokes of koboko lashes or whatever do you understand section 19 talks about forfeiture of bribe you know i i mentioned that you know earlier that if if a person has been convicted there are certain sections in this criminal code that's related to corrupt practices um, corruption by public officers and all that yeah so if a person is convicted by such for such offenses you know and the, the court may in certain circumstances you know order that such person or such convicted person forfeit bribe you know section 20 has to do with forfeiture of property used in postal offenses so this section 20 also refers to certain sections that we will later get to in this criminal code yeah and you know the it says that a person may the court may order that person forfeit certain properties if the property is in connection with the commission of the offense which he was convicted for to get section 24 21 pardon me section 21 talks about prerogative you know it talks about it says this simply says that you know nothing in this code affects the prerogative of mercy where exercised in accordance with the constitution of the federal republic of nigeria so if the president for instance now decides to have mercy on certain inmates some people that have been sentenced to life imprisonment or sentenced to 10 years imprisonment or what have you and the president checks them and the president decides to forgive some of them it's called prerogative of mercy what the section is saying is that nothing 
nothing whatsoever in this criminal code would affect that right you know right of prerogative of mercy as long as is as it is done in accordance with the constitution of the federal republic do you understand can i hear yes yes okay now so chapter five talks about criminal responsibility section 22 which which is the beginning of chapter 5 it talks about ignorance of law and what it simply says is that ignorance of law i'm sure you have heard it before ignorance of law is not an excuse i didn't know that the action is stealing is why i did it it is not an excuse in law to get i did not know excuse don't say you did not know i've told you now that's why i'm saying that there's fine time to go through the criminal code and understand what has what and what has been defined or has been described as an offense so that you not come tomorrow and say you did not know because it is not an excuse all right i'll move on section 23 talks about bona fide claim of right what is bona fide claim of right i have a property all right this one simply talks about a person will not be criminally liable or criminally responsible for an act he does when he is trying to honestly claim right over his property. I got to my land, I realized that somebody has trespassed on my land, somebody has come to build fence on my land, and the person is doing anyhow on my land, and I take certain actions against the person. I will not be said to, uh, to be criminally liable for that action. As long as the action I take in itself is not another offense in this criminal code, understand that too. Get. but the fact that i take an action against such person you know in an honest claim of rights over my property it will not be said that i've committed an offense yes so um section 24 talks about motive you know in 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 criminal law there's there's what we call the actus rules and the menstrual these are two elements that must be proven by the prosecution any time an offense is a charge is brought before the court you know so if for instance the police charges you for stealing the police has the responsibility of proving one that you committed the offense yeah he broke into the person's house or he entered he entered the person's car and took the person's phone and uh, that in itself is stealing the action but another thing is that you have to prove i mean the prosecution now has to prove that the person actually had the intention of defrauding beg your, beg your pardon of of stealing such property that is where motive comes in of section 14 say intention is very very key you must be able to show that this person had the intention of stealing. You must be you must be able to show that this person had the intention of committing murder. You must be able to show that this person had the intention of intention is key. The person really wanted to commit the offense, you know, before such person can be criminally liable for now section section 25 talks about mistake of fact. You know, in in the courtroom, most times it's not even most times. All the time, what the court looks at, you know, the court is not a magician, and the court is not omnipresent or omnipotent or mini what whatever it is. The court dwells on facts. It is what you bring before the court, 
as facts that the court will act upon and the court will you know court will examine in deciding or arriving at this decision so now section 25 talks about mistake of fact he said the person who does or omits to do an act under an honest or reasonable but mistaken belief so i believe that this was how this thing was i believe that i believe that it was shegun that opened my my gate and and perpetrated the evil in my house. So I, I went and I made sure I apprehended Shegun and I took Shegun to the police station and all that. That's a mistake of fact. Alright? Mistake of fact. Don't please I'd like to say that you should not you should not um, mistake or you should not confuse ignorance of law to mistake of facts. Ignorance of law is I did not know that this thing is an offense. Mistake of fact is that I thought I honestly thought that it was Shegun that did this. Or I honestly thought that it was this. It was. This. Don't forget, I said honestly. Do you get? When a person honestly believes, but he mistakenly, but it was a mistake. Oh, but honestly believe that this this is the fact. This was how this thing was. This was what happened. This was what happened. And then he committed an act or omitted to do an act. It will not be used against him. Particularly if he really believed that such thing exists, such person or such thing exists. It may be person, it may be thing. I hope that along the line, because in, in subsequent sections, I'll still I'll still be able to dwell on this subject mistake of fact. Yeah, but right now let's just go further. I would I would touch it later. There are some sections later in the criminal code that I know still borders on this mistake of fact. So you know what this means is that you, you just have to come back and listen because you don't know when I will touch on mistake of fact again. You know. Now section 26 talks about extraordinary emergencies. And what this what this really talks about is that you know. Let me just read it. It says, subject to the express provision of this code relating to acts done upon compulsion or provocation or in self-defense, a person is not criminally responsible for an act done or omission made under such circumstances or sudden extraordinary emergencies. And what this simply means is that if you do an act or you omit to do something, mainly because you did such thing in self-defense, or in provocation or under compulsion then you will not be criminally responsible you get example self-defense somebody points a gun at me wants to kill me i quickly reach for a knife i threw the knife and the knife is better and the person died i will not be criminally responsible because i was trying to you know save my own life you know that's that's one of the ex- extraordinary emergencies that the criminal code uh, mentioned here we, we also have provocation we have compulsion you get so uh, but then let us let us note that self control could not reasonably be expected to act otherwise that is the later part of that section which says that and a reasonable person somebody who is an ordinary person would do the same thing if kept in that circumstance if the if an ordinary man or a reasonable man is kept in the same circum, circumstance provocative circumstance that you were in he would have done the same thing you did then you not be criminally responsible help you understand i also know that this this section i'll be able to further explain it in subsequent sections 
Section 27 talks about presumption of sanity. What does it mean? It said everybody is presumed to be of sound mind and to have been of sound mind at any time which comes in question until the contrary is proved. So, somebody who commits an offense that and is he, and such person is claiming uh, insanity, that person would have to prove that insanity, maybe temporary insanity of any kind of or any kind of insanity he wants to call it. That person will have to prove that's insanity but what this criminal code is saying is that every person will be assumed to be normal i mean will be presumed to be normal if you are saying you are not normal <laughs> you will have to prove it right section 28 now talks about insanity yeah so section 28 talks about insanity say a person is not criminally responsible for an act or mission if at the time of doing the act or mission is in such a state of mental disease or natural mental infirmity as to deprive him from capacity to understand what he was doing so the law also understands that there are instances where you know someone has five minutes madness <laughs> which at the time he does not know what he was doing you get but it is not as simple as abc you have to know that because you must be able to prove that at the time of doing that act such person was actually insane get that's what section 28 talks about insanity may avail you but you must be able to prove it that at the time of performing the act committing the offense or omitting to do certain act that person was insane you must be able to prove it if you can't prove it I'm sorry, insanity cannot avail you because the previous section talks about presumption of sanity. You are presumed to be sane. You are presumed to be normal. Do you understand? Now, section 29 talks about intoxication. Now, the, the first one says that save as provided in this section, intoxication shall not constitute a defense to any criminal charge. Understand this. Uh, by the time I shot the guy, uh, I was high. Or by the time I shot the guy, I was drunk. It will not avail you. Intoxication, intoxication shall not constitute a defense in a criminal charge. So, like I said, I was high. I was drunk. I was blah blah blah. It's not a defense. Now, but the the second the second um, subparagraph. In this section now says that intoxication can now be a defense <clears throat> you know if the person at the time of doing such act did not know what he was doing now follow me closely if the person claims that he doesn't know what he was doing at the time of doing the act intoxication can avail the person but look at what the code has to say that that intoxication that person must be able to say that he was intoxicated or the intoxication was caused without his consent so you went to a birthday party they put refno in your drink and they put tramadol and they put uh, marijuana in your drink without your consent after which when you took that drink you were now going home and you now went to do something very stupid or you committed an offense then intoxication can avail you in that instance but note you must be able to show that that intoxication was not with your consent don't forget such intoxication was not with your consent 
and then the the second proviso to this is that at that time that person must be all well is not is not and it is all so if you are saying if you are claiming intoxication you must be able to show that such you were intoxicated not with your consent it was without your consent or it was malicious or it was negligent whatever you must be able to show that it was not with your consent the other the other proviso here is that that intoxication caused you to be insane temporarily or at the time of committing that offense it was that intoxication that made your you you skip like some people say they say they skip they skipped they did not know what they were doing i know that i know as a matter of fact that some drugs you know that some people take cause you not to know what you are doing but don't forget you must be able to show that it was not not that you decided to take drugs yourself you now went to commit an offense you are now saying you were intoxicated you were intoxicated gonna work man you get so you know the the section talks about section also talks about um what when you say intoxication what this code is referring to is you know when some one takes narcotics or drugs you know I've, and i've given certain examples certain certain kinds of narcotics you know marijuana certain kinds of drugs refinol tramadol and the and the rest of them this section also talks about before i leave this section it also says that you know the whole purpose of this intoxication and all is just for the courts to determine if you truly had the intention to commit the offense don't forget that i said earlier that motive intention is very key you know in determining whether a person is criminally responsible or not so if you were intoxicated not by your own doing or but you know maybe somebody just did it out of bad faith or person was joking or whatever you were intoxicated and you committed an offense you can raise the defense of intoxication all right now moving forward section 30 section 30 talks about immature age i'll just read this out it says a person under the age of seven years is not criminally responsible for any act or omission so you have a baby you have a boy you have a brother you have a sister the person is under the age of seven the presumption of the law is that that person who is under the age of seven does not is not criminally responsible because it is presumed that such person does not know what he's doing now that same section 30 goes further to say that a person under the age of 12 is not criminally responsible for an act unless it can be proved that at the time of doing that act the or making that omission he had the capacity to know you know some children are very smart so this section the other paragraph in this section is saying that if you are below the age of 12 it will be presumed that you did not know what you are doing so it will be presumed that you that you are not presumed that beg your pardon it is said that you are not criminally responsible for that act however there's a proviso to it it says that if it can be proven that at the time of doing that act i'm talking about the person of the age of 12 now not seven if it can be proven that such person such child knows or has the capacity to know that he ought not to have done that act you get if you can prove if the prosecution can prove that that boy knew that what he was doing was a crime if they can prove it then the immature age will not serve 
as a, an exclusion from criminal the criminal responsibility for such person the third paragraph in this section talks about it says a male person under the age of 12 years is presumed to be incapable of having carnal knowledge you remember that last week i talked about carnal knowledge and carnal knowledge simply means just to do a little recap carnal knowledge is penetration Sim- simply simply put carnal knowledge is penetration according to a criminal code the penetration of a male genital organ in the female genital that's not the exact language the criminal code used but you get my point so what this is saying is that a male person under the age of 12 is presumed to be incapable that means the person cannot have carnal knowledge it is presumed that he doesn't know what it means to have carnal knowledge together so uh, moving forward section 31 talks about judicial officers it says except as expressly provided by this code that that is to say that if there's any other section in this code that expressly says that a judicial officer is criminally responsible for the actions he did while in you know while while in office or while in his judicial functions then what this is saying is that a judicial officer will not be criminally responsible for the actions he does while in service you guess that's just as simple as abc you know so um that is section 31 of the criminal code act i've i've gone 25 minutes now you know it's it's really amazing to me how time flies because it just seemed to me like i just I just started like five minutes ago and now I, I'm looking, I'm staring at 25 minutes now. You know, it's, I, I don't want to do as much as 25 minutes, but then I want to, I want to be as expressive enough so that you'll be able to get the whole point. Do you understand? Yes. All right. So that's section 31. I have section 32 to 36 to complete chapter 5 but i'm just going to shift that to next week and so i'll start from section 32 next week and then i'll go through to chapter 6 chapter 6 starts with treason you know some of you must have heard treason you will know that sometime last year mr omoyele no not last year last year yes last year mr omoyele sure was was uh, charged with the offense of treason you know or treasonable felony as the case may be but uh, we are going to get to that next week and i would explain the section of the criminal code that talks about treason and treasonable felony you know but i'll start from section 32 section 32 talks about justification and excuse but all this you know we will by the time we get to chapter two chapter 2 would have would start talking about offenses what we are doing like today now all we have talked about is criminal responsibility what we talked about last week is definition of you know definition of offenses and all that so by the time we get to next week and we'll start talking about um offenses proper then you know will be would already be getting to the interesting part of the criminal code and you then really be understanding that there are some of the things that you have been doing that constitute offenses and you did not know you know so um i'm just i'm just i'm, I'm going to draw the curtain at this point i hope that uh, i have been able to you know had uh, one more knowledge if if just one at least you know i believe i've been able to add that to you 
and i know that maybe this will help you to even take a step further to say you want to purchase the criminal code act and maybe some other laws of federal republic of nigeria so that you acquaint yourself you know with these laws and you will not come tomorrow and say that i did not know don't forget we said today ignorance of law is not an excuse so um on this note i'm going to say happy sunday and uh, i'm going to say that i hope to hear from you if you listen to me and you have one or two comments one or two questions you want to ask just reach out to me and i'll be available to speak with you it's been a nice 28 minutes with you i'm going to draw the curtain at this point peace